dear chief, much has happened since we last spoke. Welcome to Dear Chief Podcast, where your hosts and their guests share the 411 of being married to the people who respond to 911s. Take a peek into fire family life and get unabashed advice on how to prevent forest fires in your marriage. Now, here's your hosts, two seasoned firewives, Audra and Chelsea. Hey there, and welcome back to Dear Chiefs. This is Chelsea, and I'm here with Audra and our friend and fellow firewife, Kristen Jensen. Say hey, ladies. Hey. Hello. For those of you who don't know her already, Kristen is a board-certified behavior analyst and founder of MindGym. Kristen specializes in providing behavior analytic services to first responders, firefighters, police officers, and hospital staff. She provides training to departments, hospitals, and private organizations in addition to creating stress sheets for hospitals, fire stations, dispatch call centers, and police departments. Most importantly, she is a firewife and mother of three children. That is a mouthful. Welcome, Kristen. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited. Um, this description is kind of mind blowing. So I'm super intrigued and ready to hear all about you. Um, tell us a little bit about your family and your life and all the good stuff. Sure. So, um, so I technically, I guess I met my husband when we were 12 years old. He, he was on my brother's baseball team when we were kids. And, um, my husband is six, five. And at that time when he was 12, he was probably six, two, and he probably weighed 140 pounds. And my friend and I, we'd go to my brother's baseball games and we would like tease him. Cause he was just this like awkward kind of lengthy, guy and um and he had told my brother way back when that he kind of liked me and had a crush on me and and so we i i knew who he was and kind of like teased him and then you know fast forward to our 20s and we started just hanging out more and um our both of our best friends were dating at the time and ended up getting married as well and so um when i had told my mom you know i'm i'm dating Nels Jensen she's like you remember you would tease him so much. And, but he definitely grew into his body and uh, was just the nicest guy. And we've been together ever since. And when we first started dating, he was in his probationary year with Kern County fire. And um, so all I've known with him is the fire service. So he, you know, he worked for Kern County for about 14 almost 15 years. And, um, and he started his career when he was 20 with the camps with LA County. And he always said, if the opportunity comes up, I want to go back to LA County. That was his dream department. And, um, and it did about three or four years ago. So he, you know, he went, he moved to another city and went through the Academy for four months. And so he's kind of a, a new firefighter again. He's, I think, in his third or fourth year now with current with um, LA County, and um, and loves it. And he's close to home now, so it's great. He, you know, he works in the same town that we live in, and um, and it's it's everything he thought it would be. <laughs> so, and we've got three kids. Um, I have a first grader, a third grader, and a fifth grader. So we're doing the whole 
homeschool thing that everyone else is doing right now. Um, my first grader just went back to school this week for two hours a day, four days a week. So we're getting that taste of normalcy again, I guess. And, um, and yeah, so that's, that's our family. So your hubby basically started over. Did yes. you have to go through um, an academy and probation and all that again? Yeah. Yep. He had to do all of it again. Um, he went through the academy. We, I just remember on family day, LA County holds these family days and just being so nervous as to how are we going to do this? Um, the guys were kind of coming up to each other and, and figuring out like, Oh, are we all going to live in an apartment together or what are we going to do? And, and I'm sitting there like, Oh my word, how am I going to manage my job, the three kids and he's, you know, and I'm used to him being gone, but not just completely out of the picture. And, um, and so it was definitely an adjustment. And so he went through the academy. He didn't get hurt. That was my other, I knew he could pass the academy. I knew he wouldn't fail out, but I, I also knew he was one of the oldest guys in the academy. You know, he's with all these young 20 year olds and, and he's not anymore. And so, um, I was so worried that, you know, that he would get hurt and that would be the end of his fire career, but he didn't. And, um, you know, passed the academy went through his probation. He had two probationary spots. One was literally our first in. So he was right close to home again. So that was amazing. And then the other was in another town, but not too far away, about, you know, 30, 45 minutes. And, um, and so now he's stationed again, probably about 10, 15 minutes from home. And, and he's a tillerman. He's driving the, in the back of the truck and he loves every minute of it. So I love it. That's awesome that he, he got what he wanted. That's, that's, yeah, that's super fun. That's yes. really cool. Yeah. And I feel like I've learned that fire families are, are the same everywhere. You know, I, that was one of the hardest things for me. I knew it would be hard him leaving Kern County, but I didn't realize how, tough leaving those families. He was with the same crew for almost 10 years. Um, you know, a lot of them, they're our kids, godparents, we're theirs. And it was, I remember walking into the station on the last dinner that, and, and just crying. It was so sad leaving all of that, but already, you know, we've, we've started becoming close with the LA County fire families and, and we've stayed in touch with the Kern County families. So that's been awesome. I, I just love the support of the, the fire families. Yeah, it's definitely a, it's a good little brother and sisterhood that I don't think very many understand if they're not part of it, but exactly. <laughs> um, so, oh, it's Chelsea's turn. Go Chelsea. It's my turn. <laughs> so this may be a really strange question, but I've always kind of wondered and I've never really asked, I don't think anybody on the show this that has been a therapist or behavior analyst or anything. What is it like being a behavior analyst that specializes in fire and EMS and being married to a firefighter? So being married to a firefighter is what made me realize how, you know, to go in that direction of the field. I wasn't always specializing with first responders. I, um, I worked at our local hospital. I worked in our behavioral health unit, so I just worked with kind of a general population. And then, um, 
I would see my husband coming home after, you know, stressful shifts or a tough call and, you know, not being able to sleep really well or, um, or even at work, just, you know, he would tell me they'd go on a call and it was hard for him to go back to sleep because, you know, your, your adrenaline's up and, and there were just little techniques that I knew about that he hadn't ever heard of. And to me, they were very basic, like, oh my gosh, we'll do this. And he had never even thought to do them. And so then I started realizing like, wow, you know, if we could get this information to these firefighters, it, they're really easy things. They're things that they can do on their own. Um, and I always felt like that was kind of a barrier to receiving help. A lot of times, you know, firefighters, police officers, military, their job is to be everyone else's hero. It's to be there for somebody else. And they feel like if they're not able to do that, or if they need help afterwards, that maybe they can't do their job or, um, and so a lot of the barrier for receiving help for, for these kind of professionals is asking for it. And so I wanted to really come up with something that was just there that they could be like, oh, Hey, let me try this. Let me see if this works. And, um, so that's kind of how I started thinking of the idea of creating stress sheets and really they're just these posters that, um, you know, are up in the environment and give you little tips, breathing techniques, um, grounding techniques, just little things that, that they can do without having to ask for help. Um, and working in the hospital too, I realized, I, I feel like I kind of, you know, got a little bit of the, a taste of the stress that maybe he deals with. I was able to see some of the patients that were brought to the emergency department. And I just remember thinking like, oh my goodness, it's, you know, some of these patients that were in car accidents or, you know, any, any sort of trauma, you, you look at them and sometimes it's even hard to just look at their injuries. And, um, and I just always thought of my husband, like, wow, they're truly the first on scene. And, um, and it's, you know, the, some of those images are hard to get out of your mind and there's techniques that you can do. And so a lot of the things that I do are, you know, preventative techniques that you can just do throughout the day. They don't take long. They're things that I feel like, um, you know, anybody can do, and they're just little reminders. And, and so that's how I really got into it. Just, you know, working in the hospital setting myself and then hearing his stories and kind of seeing the, some of the stress that he's gone through. So I actually have a stress sheet because I think I had, I don't know, maybe like maybe two years ago, a year ago, I had, I saw your Instagram. So I, I had asked um, for some for my husband's department and they haven't put them up yet, but we have them. <laughs> and, that, and that's the thing. I feel like if we could just kind of get them around and even with my husband's department, I don't have him put them at his station or anything. Um, but, you know, as he talks to some of the guys, some of them have even asked like, oh, hey, you know, can I see one of those? Or I've even started making, um, I call them little pocket prompts, smaller. They look like almost a bookmark. And so they're just there and that way you don't have to have this poster hanging. Um, and it's just something that you can, you know, have and be like, oh, hey, let me try this breathing technique or let me try, you know, this grounding technique that might help a little bit. Yeah, we actually, so since he, he took some of them to work and then I made him keep one and we hung it in the garage. So when he comes home, 
he there's a bunch of stuff on the garage for him to kind of look at before he walks in the door and he looks at it and we every once in a while he's like okay i get i gotta go in the garage for a second <laughs> nice oh. <laughs> so it's helpful and actually it works um with our kids too there's a lot of good techniques on there that i think uh every human can use i mean it's not you know it's not just for firefighters it definitely helps i think him kind of refocus but it's really good for for everyone even me absolutely i yeah and we have our kids use them as well and i've even noticed with the kids doing their school at home they are doing some more like mindfulness techniques at school and i think that it's kind of becoming more of a a general use type of strategy and pe more people are are feeling stress i feel like and so they're looking for these techniques and coping strategies that you can do just daily to get through you know the stress stressors of a typical life yep i couldn't agree with you more on that um so do you think it sounds like you probably answered this already. Do you think being skilled in behavior analysis helps you with your relationship with your firefighter? I do. I feel like I am able to kind of know little things. I, I feel like I am used to looking for um, nonverbal cues and kind of signals more than maybe somebody that hasn't had this, you know, this knowledge before. Um, there's been a few times where I've started talking with my husband. He's like, I can't just don't, don't do your therapy stuff on me. And, and I never, I, I would not do that for him. I, you know, and so there's been times that I feel like maybe he doesn't want to open up as much because he doesn't want me to, you know, overthink what he's saying or something like that. But I also feel like I, I've gotten to have really good conversations with him because I know the times to have those conversations. I don't sit down after a shift and say, okay, tell me, you know, tell me what, what you went through or tell me what, what's going on. In fact, I don't ever ask specifics that he doesn't offer. And I think that's um, a really big thing. And I've learned that, you know, when we first started dating, I thought it was so cool what he was doing. And I would ask him those questions that you're not supposed to ask, like, what's the worst call you've been on? And, and that sort of thing that now I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I know better. And I know that we're not supposed to do that. Or you know, I've been with groups of people that I'm like, oh, tell them about this call. And because I was proud of him and I wanted, you know, other people to realize, like, look at what he does. But I know that that's, you know, the worst thing that that you can do. And I, I learned that. And um, and so a lot of like our best conversations have happened just on when we're going for a walk in the evening or, you know, during the, um, you know, the quarantine when all of us were home, my husband actually he fell on a fire last December and he had to have surgery in February, right before the, the quarantine started. So he actually was off work for the first couple months of when all of this COVID stuff happened. And so that was the first time in our relationship that he was home every day. Our kids were home every day. I was home every day. And at first I was like, oh my gosh, how is this going to happen? Because, you know, as you guys know, most of the time he's, he's not at home. You know, we might sleep in the same bed for, you know, three or four days a week. And that's a great week. But, um, it was one of the, 
best times of our lives, I feel like is, and I hate saying that because it was so difficult for so many people, but we had these times where every evening my husband and I would go out on the porch and we'd have our happy hour. We ended up not drinking happy hour every night because we realized, okay, this is, (laughs) this could go bad too, but we would just sit out on the porch and we'd have a glass of wine. And those are some of the best conversations that we had because there wasn't the pressure of a conversation. It was just, we're talking, we're doing other things. We're watching our kids ride their scooters or their skateboards. And I feel like those are the best times to have those conversations with, with anybody, with your spouse, with your kids, when there's not the pressure to talk, when you're not, you know, sitting down face to face, looking at each other, like, okay, tell me what you're going through. No, instead, you know, just doing an activity, going on a bike ride or, you know, walking and just having that natural conversation come up. So I guess that leads into our next big question for you. Um, When you know that your first responder or firefighter has had a bad call and they've shared that with you and they're having um, difficulty with it. Can you give us some tips on how to help them? Yes, definitely. So I think um, as much as you can communicate beforehand, that is going to be really beneficial. So just asking them before something even happens, like, hey, if, if you're stressed out and it doesn't even have to be around a bad call, just say, you know, if you're tired or you're stressed out, do you do you want me to come in? Do you want me to check on you? I always tell people think of how they react when they're sick. You know, is your husband or your spouse, somebody that likes to be checked on and likes to be, you know, brought things or do they just want to be left alone? It's likely that it's going to be kind of similar when they're dealing with a stressful situation. Um, I also say, you know, give them some space initially. It's really likely that they're going to feel unregulated um, initially, and they just need that time to kind of balance themselves, you know, think things through themselves a little bit. Um, and, and, you know, just like I was talking about before, never make them talk about it, give them that time, give them that space and, um, you know, encourage going out, exercising, going for a walk, going for a bike ride. Another thing that I think is huge in the fire department is the peer support. I think, you know, if they have, close friends that they feel comfortable if they're close with their crew and they can go out and and they can kind of hang out and do their thing, you know, encourage that so that they can kind of talk about it. They can process it in their own way without, you know, having somebody there, you know, telling them what they should and shouldn't be feeling. So I think that's huge in the fire department. Most departments have a peer support group. Um, There's other organizations. Next Strong is one that is really good that you can reach out to. Um, And I think that just, you know, having, being able to set up the environment to kind of have more of a relaxing time at home. They've, you know, they're at work, it's been crazy. So, and, and this is so hard right now, especially with all of our kids home, but if they can come home to kind of a, a quiet house, or, you know, if, if you can even just take the kids out for a couple hours when they get home, um, for my husband, he likes things to be like, not cluttered. He doesn't want like piles of mail and that sort of thing. I know that, that when he comes home and there's like 
things that are obviously, you know, he has to attend to like, oh, here's your mail. Here's this, this came, can you build this? If those are sitting out, that kind of adds to the stress. So if I know he's had kind of a, a rough shift, I like to have things kind of like put away so that he doesn't feel like he has to do anything except for just chill for a couple hours and, um, and then just give him that, that time really. Yeah. I've noticed we, we started, my husband finally went back to um, regular, he's on back on the engine now. And we, okay. since then we have been every shift when he gets off, we immediately go for a walk. Nice. Like he comes in, he'll say hi to the kids and the dog, and then we go for a walk. And just the 30 minute walk that we have is enough time for him to decompress for us to get a little, you know, just one-on-one -on -one time. And if he talks great, if he doesn't, that's fine too. And it seems to have made a huge difference. I mean, it's only been a month, but it's definitely regulating it. him a lot better mm -hmm. than ever before. So I love Aja that you have that routine with your husband. I think it's so beneficial to have something in place that you, you know, is your go-to. It's so difficult to, you know, have that re-entry to home. Sometimes you get in a, in kind of a routine, not having him home. He gets in a routine being at work and then the back and forth that can be just as challenging sometimes as when they're gone for long periods of time. So, um, yeah, I think it's great to have a, you know, something in place that is your go-to that you do each time, you know, he comes back from work. I love that. Yeah, it's definitely been good for us for sure. Okay. So obviously we've been talking about how stressed we all are from COVID. And since the kids are home with us all the time and mama needs time to decompress too, how do you suggest to our listeners how to cope and decompress a little better? Absolutely. So I just like the, you know, the firefighters have their peer support group. Um, I think it's so important to have ours as well. I'm lucky. I have two really good friends that both of their husbands are firefighters as well. So, you know, a lot of times they're the ones that I can reach out to if things are tough. Um, a lot of times we'll have dinners together with our kids when our husbands are both on shift and just having that, you know, routine that, that you have things to do as well, that you're not sitting home, you know, waiting for him to call or just dwelling on, Oh, this is so hard with him not being there. Um, I think those are the things that it's easy to focus on, especially, you know, if, when he used to go on, you know, bigger fires, I remember the, the Thomas fire, he was gone for almost the entire month. And there were so many times that I was just sitting there like, oh, this is so hard. It was around the holidays and, and I have to do this and this, and you can't do that. You just have to focus on, you know, one day at a time. Okay. I'm going to get through this. This is how we're going to do it and ask for help. We are, I, you know, we're so lucky. We have our parents close by. So, um, they, they're able to help a lot with the kids and just having that support system. Um, I also found, and this is, I, I'm not doing it as much because of COVID again, but I got into doing aerial. My daughters were doing dance and I would take them to their dance class. And there were these like sheet looking things hanging from the ceiling. And I'm like, hmm, what are those? And um, so I started taking my own aerial class and, and just finding kind of your own hobbies that you enjoy doing. Um, another thing that I do, we, we jumped on the Peloton <laughs> bandwagon. So I have that. I like to do 
that um, in the evenings I put the kids to bed and then I go and, and I do my ride or, you know, during the summertime when it's staying lighter a little bit longer, I'll go for a walk just without the kids. I'll, you know, put them down and, and have them doing something. And I'll just walk around our neighborhood by myself, listen to a podcast, listen to like an audible book and just have that time to kind of decompress. It definitely makes me a better mom, I feel like, and wife. Those are really great tips. I, I, I love that you put the kids down and then have time for yourself. I feel like yes. a lot of times as mothers, we think we have to get all the things done when the kids are down. Yeah. So yeah, taking that walk or getting on listening to your podcast, even just reading a book, taking the bath, whatever that is. Yes. Um, we're like all about the self-care here at Dear Chiefs. So <laughs> Um, and self-care and like, I want to reiterate self-care looks different for every single person. Like for me, self-care is folding the laundry at the end of the night, because I don't want to do it in the morning, you know, or doing the dishes at the end of the night, because I don't want to see them in the dishwasher in the morning. So, um, it could be something very simple, but taking that time out for yourself every day is really, really important. Absolutely. Um, So thank you for, for those tips. Okay. Gave us a lot to think about. (laughs) Now we're going to give you something to think about. Are you ready for the hot seat? Okay. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Do you you know what the hot seat is? I guess we should start Yes. I've listened to your podcast and you're going to ask me just some random off the wall question, right? (laughs) Yes. Yes. And you're going to answer with the first thing that comes to mind. um, And it's just going to be really fun and fast. So are you ready? I'm ready. All right. What's the last book that you read? Uh, the Jessica Simpson book, the Jessica Simpson. Um, uh, oh, I can't even think of what it was called right now. It was really good. Was it? I, um, what was that? It's on my list then if it was good. Yes. I, I, it was I that and then um, Where the Crawdads Sing. I just read both of those. I, and when I say read, I listened. I don't, I am a big audible person. So it was the Jessica Simpson and um, Where the Crawdads Sing both very different, but both really good. And it was one, both of them I couldn't put down. Where the Crawdads Sing was so, so good. I loved yes. it so much. So, so good. Yes. I, I loved it. It was one of those that I would, that's one that I would listen to on my walks and my walk, I'd be like, okay, I need to get back home. Cause this is really long. Cause I just keep going because I didn't want to, I didn't want it to stop. So yeah, both of them were really good. What is the weirdest thing you've cooked for dinner on a shift night? Oh my goodness. I, so I'm so bad with this. And my kids love just pasta with butter and Parmesan. So that is like a staple and it's so easy. So, um, and then I'm, I've gotten really bad too. I made it a a big deal and they love this one too, is just the toaster Eggo waffles And then I let them make a coffee drink, which is just hot chocolate with like creamer in it. And then a fancy whipped cream. And they think they're having like a fancy coffee and breakfast for dinner, which is toaster Eggo waffles. And it takes about five minutes. I love it. Oh, that's really cool. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. My kids love breakfast for dinner too, but ours is pancakes. And sometimes we put chocolate chips in them. Oh, (laughs) that's amazing. (laughs) Um. What is one thing that you would tell your younger self? Oh gosh, probably not to worry about things so much. I remember, um, just 
I felt like I worried a lot about little, like when, when he would go on these fires and I didn't necessarily, I couldn't reach him for, you know, that day it's okay. He's fine. And, um, and I think just being a new firewife and not always knowing exactly like where they are or what they're doing or are they safe? And, um, I, I just remember laying in bed sometimes and being like, I hope he's not sleeping near the fire and I hope he doesn't have a headache and I hope he's warm enough. And, and he is, he was, and he was fine. And, um, I, I feel like I, I worried a lot about him when, um, when he was on those like big fires and, and don't watch the news. I, I can't do that anymore. I used to always, if he was on a fire, I'd like watch the news and, and see if I could get updates all the time. And I don't watch it at all anymore. <laughs> Yeah. I'm, I'm totally a disinformation person when it yes. comes to, to campaign fires. I'm like, Nope, don't want to know. Don't want to exactly. know. He'll tell me when he yeah. gets home. That's all I need to know. <laughs> exactly. I feel like, you know what? I'll, if I hear, if I have to hear something, I'll hear it. And if not, I'm exactly the same. I don't listen or watch about it at all anymore. Yeah. We, uh, we have never had cable TV. I turn off the, I put Spotify on in the car. Yep. Like there's no radio, no TV yes. coming in. We don't get a newspaper. Like, yeah, I'm like, I don't want the kids to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Um, exactly. So yeah, definitely. You yeah. You have to, I can't, I, I, and I know like some, there are some firewives that that's, they need to listen. And I'm like, absolutely not. Yes. <laughs> so. yep. And that used to be me, but now I'm more like you. I just, I've realized like that, it, it takes so much away from when he is gone that I have to just focus on everything else and know that he's, you know, he's, he's safe. He's with his crew. He, he knows what he's doing. And, um, and, and I'll hear about it. Like you said, I'll hear about it when he gets home. <laughs> right. Yep. This is what they train for. That's what you keep on yeah. having to tell yourself. Like this exactly. is exactly, this is what they train for. So exactly. Um, I think you've kind of already answered this question vaguely, but what is one thing that you to reconnect with your husband when he comes home from a shift? So kind of like Audra was saying with the walks, um, when our kids were in school and if I wasn't working that day, we always liked to go out to breakfast when he got home. And that was just a good way to kind of like sit down and, um, and talk and just have some time together. And now we do more like walks in the evening or we do our happy hour porch nights, we call them, where we literally just sit on the porch and have happy hour and watch our kids, you know, ride their bikes or whatever. And, um, and I really feel like it's important, you know, every couple months to have a weekend away together, just even, even if it's just an overnight, um, and even if it's just having the kids go somewhere else and you're at home by yourself, it just, it's important to just have those you know, date nights or a little weekend to reconnect and just making that a priority because it's so easy to get so busy and wrapped up in each of your own lives, you know, his with the fire department and the things he's got going on. And then mine with, with work and, and with the kids school and that sort of thing. And, you know, and he helps with the kids school too. So it's just, it's so easy to just get in like autopilot mode and go, go, go. You really do have to like plan for that time together. Yeah, absolutely. I completely 100% agree with that. We, uh, we just, we, at the very beginning of our relationship, we, we would go once a month or something and just stay overnight somewhere. Yeah. And for whatever reason in the last couple of years, I think just because of all the fires that we've had and him being gone so much, we kind of got out of that routine. Mm -hmm. Um, but we're back into that routine now, even with COVID going on. And so, um, yeah, it's been really refreshing to just be able to get away for even just an one night 
you know, a little yeah. overnight thing. Yeah. A steak, we call them a staycation. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. We'll go, we'll go. I mean, we're really blessed. We live in Northern California. We have wonderful B and B's here on the coast. So yeah. we're, um, we're able to just pick one and be like, Oh, we haven't stayed this one yet. Let's go stay there. You know, kind of thing. So I love I, it. That's, that's like the best advice ever. <laughs> yes. Well, um, last one. What is one thing you are grateful for? Um, I, I'm so grateful for my family. I, you know, I feel like being a firewife too, you, you hear about the risks and you know, the risks and the injuries that people have daily and, um, and we're all healthy. And I'm so very grateful for that. Okay. I think Audra has one more question for you that she didn't ask before the hot seat, but I want to make sure we get it in. Okay. Which one? <laughs> the advice one. The advice one. The one that I missed. <laughs> the COVID stress one? No. What? Oh my, oh my God. I moved it. That's why. Sorry. <laughs> Hi. What is, okay, the best piece of advice you give your partner or a partner of a first responder, I can speak today, I swear. What is the best piece of advice you would give a partner of a first responder? I think just, um, you know, giving them space and not pressing the, you know, having them talk about their, their shift or their calls or that sort of thing. I think that's really important. And, um, and just remembering, you know, what, what they may have gone through. I, this is one thing that I always, you know, remind myself, I, I, I'm not a napper and I'm kind of a go, go, go kind of person. And so when my husband would come home and, and he wants to take a nap and do this, and I always kind of gave him a hard time for that. I'm like, no, you know, you're only going to be home for one day. Let's go do this or this. And then I had kids. And I remember our first, you know, Aubrey is our, our oldest. And, and the first couple of nights at home, I was just like, oh my gosh, I, I was tearful. I was nauseous. I like couldn't complete sentences. I couldn't think. And he was absolutely fine. And, and he got up just as much. I feel like, you know, if, if I was up feeding her, he was up too. And, and, um, and I watched that he could function and I couldn't at all. And then I realized like, oh my gosh, this is how he functions all the time. He's used to this. And so I, you know, took a step back and was like, no wonder he has to nap. Oh my goodness. And I think just being a little bit more mindful of what they're going through and what they may have, you know, maybe they hadn't slept the night before and just giving them a little bit of grace and, um, you know, just being aware of, of the stress and the lack of sleep that they may have. Yep. That's excellent. I, yep. I, it's like you're reading from my, my notebook. <laughs> okay. Well, we want to thank you, Kristen, so much for being with us today for your listeners, for our listeners. If you're interested in learning more about Kristen's work, you can follow her on Instagram at firefighter wife life. And do you have a website? Um, I do. It is. Um, so my website is mindgym at Kajabi. And what I can do, I can send it to you if you want to put it on your Instagram or, um, yeah, or it's on my link in my bio on Instagram. Okay, cool. Okay. So if you guys enjoyed the show today and you want to keep hearing more, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes. You can also find us on all your favorite listening apps by searching for Dear Chiefs Podcast. And of course, on our website at Dear Chiefs 
gmail.com. Thanks for hanging out with us today. It's Chelsea and Audra over and out. Thanks, Chris. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for tuning in. Tune in weekly for the 25,000 foot view of loving a first responder. Audra and Chelsea over and out. Yeah.